0: You're listening to the Island Health Podcast from Mount Desert Island Hospital. With Molly Moon, my name is Justin Starbird. We're coming to you from beautiful Bar Harbor, Maine, giving you tips on wellness, community, and service to help you live a more healthy life. Welcome back to season two of Island Health. My name is Justin Starbird, and I'm here with my new co-host Molly Moon. Molly, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you. Hi, Justin. Yes, right. today we have Dr. Stuart Davidson joining us. He specializes in orthopedic surgical medicine at MDI Orthopedics Monday through Friday and recently stepped into the chief medical officer role. Hi, Stu. It's so nice to have you with us. Hi. Thanks for having me. And if you don't mind, we'll just jump right in. We've got some good questions for you. First, we'd love to know what inspired you to work in medicine and what brought you to specialize in orthopedics.
2: Uh, well, it's uh, it's not a very complicated issue. Uh, when I was uh, uh, a high school student, uh, you know, and beginning to plan a career, uh, I was exposed to a program of uh, Boston University, which is a Uh, a combined uh, six-year program which combines uh, undergraduate school and medical school in one program so that when you uh, uh, apply to this when I was basically you know ending up my junior year in high school um, basically applying to medical school Uh, and fortunately I was uh, uh, accepted to this program uh, not knowing much about what actually was entailed in working in the field of medicine I actually kind of was interested in dentistry uh, very early on. Uh, uh, My family, unfortunately, has had a uh, uh, kind of a uh, congenital or uh, uh, hereditary problem with problems with developing teeth in their mouth. So I, and I unfortunately was afflec- affected by this and my mom was as well. And so dentistry was initially my uh, interest but then uh, guided by my guidance counselors in high school I, uh, we kind of s- directed that more towards a, a more broader field and uh, that brought me to the
0: field of medicine. Okay. That's great. How did you go from BU and and Boston? Um, how did you find your way up to to our lovely island here in Bar Harbor?
2: Uh, well, it was a, a little bit circuitous. Uh, uh, after uh, finishing uh, my uh, uh, Boston University uh, medical schooling, uh, uh, tenure, I uh, was accepted to uh, in an orth well surgery and an orthopedic residency at uh, Georgetown in Washington D.C. Uh, I made a brief stint back in Massachusetts for a couple years, uh, working in Framingham, but then found my way back to, uh, the Washington DC area where I spent, uh, the majority of my, uh, professional life. I was there for about, uh, almost 30 years. Uh, and then, uh, as medicine changed and the hassles of, uh, uh, uh private practice changed, Uh, it became uh, increasingly onerous to kind of work for yourself and work in your own practice. And uh, that plus some other issues made me kind of change focus and uh, look for something where I could be, continue to work as I'd like to work, but not have to worry about the the business aspects of uh, medicine. And uh, uh, I had actually vacationed up here in Bar Harbor a couple of years before this uh, process uh, got further developed. And uh, I was looking around just uh, uh, looking at a computer to see if there were any positions available up in Maine and lo and behold uh, uh, the opportunity in Bar Harbor came up and I said I, I, I was up there recently I love that place so and, <laughs> uh, and uh, it's things, not often
0: people are looking to come to Maine you know or no you know, it, it was, but it was
2: it was very inviting and so and the position was available and uh, things kind of clicked and uh, and here I am.
1: Well, we're so thankful to have you here too well thank you what else can you tell us about your focus on rural health care
2: uh so when i was in virginia i was in a practice which was fairly uh fairly large practice we had uh you know five orthopedic surgeons and other surgeons in that practice and uh, although it was we in an isolated area in, uh, in the suburbs of Washington, DC, it was still quite a diverse area. And I had always envisioned myself taking care of a much smaller population. In fact, uh, briefly uh, during the time I was around the Washington area, I actually uh, developed kind of a side practice in a very small community on the Eastern shore of Virginia uh which uh, is a very uh, very small population dealing primarily with uh fishermen and, and uh, uh farming and uh and the the community was much smaller and i found myself enjoying that much more than my larger practice uh, uh, uh that was i was doing most of the time uh and it was it's kind of the thing that I had always envisioned myself doing, but never had the opportunity to do. And and fortunately here in Bar Harbor and then on the island, it, uh, uh,
0: it, it it that seems to fit much more with my liking. Yeah, that's um very similar. If you're going from a fishing town in Virginia to um to Bar Harbor in terms of uh, rural community size, has that shaped your you know, your surgical approach to providing, you know, care, or um, how did you come up with your, your philosophy in terms of, you know, how you provide service? Uh, Well, uh, I'm, I'm of a vintage where uh,
2: when you finished uh, a residency program at that time, uh, uh, going on further and doing a sub-specialty, uh, uh, fellowship program uh, in uh, say an isolated thing like joint replacement only or uh, sports medicine or hand surgery uh, was the exception rather than the rule. Uh, So when I finished up, I uh, was a general orthopedic surgeon. Uh, So being a generalist, you have interests in all of those areas. Uh, so it's, uh, in, in some ways, I feel it's much more challenging because you have to keep your skills up in multiple uh, areas as opposed to just being isolated in one particular uh, 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 niche in, 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 the, in the orthopedic world. Uh, so Uh, But as time goes on, you you begin to know what your, where your skill sets lie and where things uh, are beyond your uh, comfort zone. So you have to develop what what kind of things you can treat and uh, both conservatively and surgically and what kind of things need to be uh, referred to areas that uh, you know can be handled in a much more expert fashion. Uh, So over the course of time, I've tried to you know, be able to uh, do the things that I can and, and should be able to do to, to manage the routine uh, orthopedic healthcare of a small population, but know what my limitations are.
1: And now we're curious, you've recently moved into a chief medical officer position at MDI Hospital. We're thrilled to say that, and we're curious to kind of see where you envision taking the role, if you could explain Generally, what the chief medical officer does, and then what you plan to do for improvements.
2: Uh. So uh, before, you know, accepting this role, I was in, involved in the uh, the medical staff leadership. Uh, you know, I actually served here as president of the medical staff prior to that. Uh, so a chief medical officer uh, is kind of, I envision it as the uh, liaison between uh, the medical staff and, uh, and the hospital administrative staff. Um and uh, the role here, I think, continues to evolve. It's, it's a relatively new role. Uh, uh, and I'm only the second person to, uh, to hold this uh, position. So it's, it's, it's evolving. Uh, uh, and, uh, but basically, we're uh, trying to, uh, between the medical staff and the administration, an administration ensure that patients uh, receive the highest standard of medical care that they can. Uh, so we're involved in uh, uh, safety issues and quality issues, and uh, uh, but, all, but also, you know, medical staff affairs and also uh, the development of the uh, facility, uh, developing different service lines as, as they can uh, uh, be further uh, developed. And uh, uh, also, the, you know, the, the hospital itself is evolving. We're uh, uh Developing uh, more complicated electronic uh, medical records and uh, trying to uh, keep that all in line is uh, is a challenge. Um, uh, uh, but basically, the the uh, I, I think that the, the the very chief role of this is just basically being a communicator.
0: Yeah, and I would imagine that right now, you know, communication is going to be, you know. It, imperative to not just your role, but, you know, communicating out, you know, what's next. I mean, you've had, uh, you know, COVID it has really changed, I'm sure how you, how you do your job. And so there's not a lot of precedence for, for what you've done and how you've been able to react to it. How, you know, what does that mean now? And, uh, you know, both in your role, but also as a surgery surgeon.
2: Uh, so, uh, Our our particular hospital has uh, been very proactive in in dealing with the COVID crisis. Fortunately, on the island and and, uh, locally nearby, the the, uh, uh, COVID has not been as widespread as, you know, in some other areas of the country, but still, uh, you know, we've, I think some of that may be because of the proactivity that we have taken place in, not only in our hospital, but in uh, the community as well. Uh, we're, you know, um, we take a lot of precautions. Uh, folks around here, you know, wear their masks and do, and try, try to be socially distant. And, you know, the uh, the community has done an extraordinary job, but the hospital itself, uh, has had from, from the very, very beginnings of the crisis uh, uh, an incident command team that basically communicates all the uh, uh, plans uh, that the hospital has been taking to, to minimize the effect of the crisis in terms of our uh, day-to-day functions. So we, mm-hmm. for example, uh, early on we've, you know, modified or limited uh, visitation for inpatients in the hospital. Uh, we've uh, Uh, made significant changes in the way uh, both emergent and uh, elective surgery uh, uh, takes place. And we've been able to continue most of the functions, if not all of the functions of the hospital, by taking precautions and doing adequate testing and uh, screening and uh, making sure that uh, not only is our uh, staff uh, safe, but uh, keeping the community as uh, large, as safe as we possibly can.
1: Now, from the eyes of a patient, how would they go forward with surgery right now? What would they look? What would they look for? What would they expect if they needed to schedule a surgery during COVID? Well,
2: I, th- I think number one, we, we've been trying to allay the fears of uh, patients that uh, uh, have the need for coming to the hospital. I, you know, uh, I think around the country, you know, people going to the hospital uh, at this time, you know, the patients, I think. Uh, fear that it's a it's a concentration center for the virus, so they tend to try and stay away from it. We're trying to assure them that, that that's not the case, at least here. Uh, so number one, assurance that they're safe, but uh, uh, providing that assurance by uh, you know doing adequate screening. Uh, and uh, making sure that uh, you know, by adequate testing that uh, they, they know they're safe and that, uh, the, that they know that the people around them are being safe by keeping uh, patients apart being, and being uh, uh, correctly distanced our, our, our preoperative area. To, we make sure that the patients are kept uh, a reasonable distance apart uh, and uh, uh, and they can see that everyone is being cautious in terms of uh, uh, masking and, and wearing all the appropriate protection that, that, uh, that the staff needs and, that, and, if, and, they, and they need as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, It, it, it certainly uh, changed uh, a lot of our ways of life, there's no doubt. And, uh, you know, just want to remind everybody we're on with Dr. Stu Davidson, the chief medical officer here at MDI Hospital. Um, you know, talking about some of the, the challenges that you've uh, encountered, let's talk about some of the successes you've had, too. Um, you know, you, you're fortunate to be treating, you know, our members of our distinguished community here on the island. You know, do you have any, um, you know, great stories of patients where you've been able to see how, you know, you and the team have really been able to impact their lives?
2: Uh, well, you know, I, I mean, every patient that we come across uh, has a, a certain impact on what we do and how, and how it affects us. Uh, I can add a, a patient uh, fairly recently who had a great impact upon me. Uh, and I uh, uh as uh, typical on our island people come up here and and uh, uh spend a lot of uh, time vacationing or if they, they have summer places here or they spend a lot of time on the island uh, uh, and this particular person uh, her family has come up here for for many many years and she had an unfortunate incident where she had a severe uh, laceration of her lower leg on on one leg and a puncture wound on the on the other leg just from uh, Uh, She kind of uh, ran into a a culvert on the side of a stream where she was kind of uh, waiting. Uh, So I ended up treating her uh, in the emergency room with this, and and so that this very long laceration, which I thought was going to have a horrible problem healing, and which ended up healing nicely. But the puncture wound ended up causing the more severe problem, and she ended up having to come back to the hospital and, and end up being treated in the operating room. And it came to pass that uh, this particular uh, lady was the daughter of my uh, uh, professor of orthopedic surgery when I was at Boston University. And uh, so I ended up uh, contacting him and we talked about her and her care. and, And I also had a long discussion with him about how his, you know, the fact of uh, my being exposed to him ultimately affected uh, the direction of my life. So it was uh, just a very, very uh, kind of closed loop uh, and uh, uh, my uh, uh, ideals as an orthopedic surgeon and, 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 and how that all came about. So I thought that was kind of an interesting thing for me.
1: So interesting. That just shows how small the world can feel sometimes and connected we are. Oh, that's great. So what about that story encourages you as chief medical director and directs your vision for the role? Uh,
2: well, it, it didn't really affect things so much that way, except the fact that uh, that uh, the the uh, uh, these folks, I think, are uh, are. Uh, have come to be a little bit more supportive of our institution and in the fact that uh, the care that they received here and you know the fact that uh, uh, they've had some contact with not only me as a physician but me as a uh, kind of an officer of the institution so
0: um, I'm sure he also gave
2: th- that will inspire not only them but other folks to, to con- continue to contribute to the support of our hospital
0: absolutely I- I'm sure it was also re-energizing for you right because it kind of brought you back in time to say, oh man, that's why I, that's why I did it. Uh,
2: yeah. And it's, it's actually interesting because, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a, one of the senior members of the staff here. And so this gentleman is in his uh, early nineties and uh, uh, he wrote me this very uh, uh, thoughtful, thoughtful, uh, note and and he still comes up here and and does some hiking so he's uh, he's still pretty vigorous and uh, uh and still coming to enjoy our island
0: well great well is there anything else that you'd like to share with us about you know what it is you have for goals either as the chief medical officer or as an orthopedic surgeon
2: uh, well uh, you know, we just want to continue the the hospital to uh, prosper uh, we're uh, as as you know and as the community knows we're f- pretty fiercely independent uh, and we would like to, to stay that way but uh, we're very supportive of uh, 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 the rural health community uh, in the state of Maine and uh, want to we continue to be leaders and in uh, uh, in, in that uh, aspect of uh, medical care, and uh, our new uh, 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 president is uh, very, very active and very well respected in that uh, community, so that will also help us. Uh, but we do have a, a vision of the place in the future. Our uh, uh, our institution, uh, just from a physical standpoint, is is getting pretty tired. So we, you know, I think uh in in the long run, I think our goal is to develop a, a facility that uh, ultimately will be uh, state of the art uh, that may happen long before'm uh, long after I'm gone, but uh, I think that's the the, the great vision of uh, the folks that are running the place now to try and continue to uh, maintain its excellence but also to to, to further it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it certainly, you know, feels like with your leadership and guidance that you know we're all in great hands. And so, on behalf of of Molly and I, I want to just say thank you for joining season two of our Island Health podcast. You are, you know, distinguished to be our, our first guest. So we're we're very thankful to have you on today.
2: Well, thank you very much for your uh, uh, for your. Uh, con- uh, for your interest in our facility and, and keeping it, uh, in in the forefront.
0: Indeed. All right. Thank you very much. This has been the latest episode of the Island Health Podcast. On behalf of my co-host Molly Moon, thank you for listening. As always, to listen to other episodes of Island Health, go to mdihospital.org and scroll over the About Us tab on the menu. Until next time, my name is Justin Starbert. Be well.